You are listening to The Path Podcast on Mountain Bike Radio. Welcome to another episode of the Path Podcast. This is Nathan here with Tawny and Ock. Ock and Nathan, I'm so happy to be here. This is Tawny. <laughs> it's always good to be here, guys. So uh, often I start with a little goofy song or whatever just struck me that day. We don't do a lot of prep around here. I just, whatever strikes me at the time. That was from the new transition video. Everybody knows I'm a transition fanboy. Um, that was from the new Carbon Patrol release video. Um, they had a pretty funny opener and then a good shreddy session on there. So uh, there's something kind of interesting that we were kicking around. We're going to try this time. So here's the deal. You go to the Transition website or go to their Vimeo page and watch that video. Watch the whole thing. Gather your thoughts. And then go to your computer and pull up an email and type in podcast at thepathbikeshop.com. And then in the title, put video comment please do this so we can sort them out a little better if you don't we're not going to get mad but we're going to think highly of you for yourself (laughs) i'm going to be so mad we're going to think highly of our listeners if they follow directions we're going to mock you if you don't follow directions (laughs) so um you have 50 or 100 words 50 50 if you run on and on if we feel like it takes if we're bored reading it you're out Okay, so let's put a let's put a target because I'm an engineer and I need a number. We're gonna go. You have 50 words to tell us what you think of that video, and we're not gonna tell you what to tell us. Just whatever strikes us as the most interesting commentary on this video, like it brings worlds together and it will cause mini golf scores to be way down and bowling scores to be way up. Hint, it's going to be easier to make us laugh than to blow our minds psychologically. Yes, exactly. So you got 50 words. Send us an email, and then we will pick the one we like the most. I will email you. You will give me your address, and you will get a Path Bike Shop trail jersey. Their Pearl Izumi jerseys are really nice. They're black and green argyle. Size of your choice, small, medium, large, or extra large, or whatever. Let me know what size you want. Let me know your address, and you will get a Path Bike Shop jersey. 50 words, path, uh, podcast at thepathbikeshop.com. Let us know what you think in the new transition video because that's what I watch when I'm wasting time at work. Do you know who's ban- what band that was? I, I don't. It's probably at the end. It mm. sounds like bad religion. I thought it was sound like Dropkick Murphys. Mm. But, uh, yeah, anyway. So, yeah, send us your thoughts. Um, try to shoot for 50 words. Video commentary? Uh, vid- yeah, video commentary or video comment. in the- uh, Video comment, Vin- right. Yeah, put video comment in. And we're going to pick the- a winner? We're going to like vote on a winner or something? I think, yeah, we'll figure that out. Basically, whatever, whichever one we as a group like the best, this is unofficial. And please don't report us to the <laughs> rules of raffles and prizes. There is no fine print. Whatever one we like the most, we're going to send you a jersey. And if you, someone reports us, no one's getting a jersey. That's the fine print right there. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So don't report us. It's a jersey, dude. Or gal, not dudette. Dude in the non-gender specific sense. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So a couple of, so yeah, definitely um, watch the video, send us a comment. We'll, we'll vote on it. Um, so what's the deadline on this, Nathan? Um, so you've got, uh, okay. So how about by the, how about by the party? Yeah, by the party. So this is, we're recording on Wednesday, October 10th. Ben typically gets our episodes out in a, inside of a five day window, depending on his busyness. When is the party? The party is... Sunday, October 21st. So, so you have to get it in by sun, uh, midnight, Sunday, October 21st, and that's the deadline. So you'll probably have about a week, um, depending on when our episode goes out, and then uh, we will decide the winner and uh, 
It's not going to be the next show because that might not give us enough time. You know, our recording schedule is a little yeah. all over the place. But by the show after next, the show after next, we will decide the winner. So basically, we'll pick who we pick and we'll announce it when we, we announce, announce it. it. Got it? <laughs> it might, and we might call it our three-year anniversary show. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we, we, run a, we run a loose program around here, but don't complain. You might get a free jersey if you don't report us to the authorities. Awesome. It's like kind of like loose, but it's like so tight. <laughs> loose but tight. <laughs> So t- Remember when that used to be like the compliment of the day? Tight, tight. Tight. <laughs> All right, so speaking of the party, uh, Sunday, October 21st, uh, Path 20th anniversary party. 20 years. 20 years. I got the rough, I've got the tentative schedule for the party day in front of me. Should I share it? Yeah, sure. Okay. 8 a.m. anniversary ride. I plan to go. We'll probably ride Oaks. Mm, cool. Um, we had a huge turnout for the last kind of like big rollout ride and i think we will again this time fantastic pivot demo day and kona demo day dual demo days from nine to three at the tustin shop rides at the tustin shop we plan to serve serve lunch we're thinking from 11 to one and we're still i'm leaning towards buying remember like a few sales back we bought like 50 pounds of carne asada and pollo Mm, asada and carnitas and barbecued it and made tacos yeah thinking about that again that was good we might have smoked again um we're gonna have some um games i'm told we're gonna have cornholio Mm. maybe like maybe some like bike sumo or a tube changing contest Mm -hmm. or something um we're thinking um tube changing contest around 4 30 um trying to actually maybe find live music so if any Ooh, bands out there want to be there, let me know. We have a couple ideas. Brett Scott. Um, <laughs> and uh, we're going to do a raffle around 530. You can buy tickets throughout the day. And we're going to have some cool prizes. And then we're going to have like some 20th anniversary like mugs and stuff. Cool. Should be a good day. I, I, I'm excited about the bike ride because that's where I get to like go and just kind of hang out with, with people who want to ride, which that's why I got into this business. Cool. 20 years ago. 20, so, 20 years. I was 24. Man. My daughter's 24 now. Man. That's amazing. So 50 words. What does 50 words sound like? I was just like getting back to our contest. characters or 50 words? 50 words. We 50, 50 words. So getting back to our contest where you send us a um, video comment on uh, the Path Podcast, uh, podcast at thepathbikeshop.com. 50 words sounds like... And this is from the website. It is the fine print about demo days. The fine print. Rentals are first come, first serve. No reservations will be accepted. You will bring an ID and a major credit card in order to take out a demo bike. Be sure to bring your riding essentials. Open paren. Helmet, water, gloves, etc. Since we will not be providing them. This is not the first time I've wondered if you were AI, Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was 50 words. But how did you establish that? So did you I mean, count? Did you count? Or I did, did count it. Well, well, Nathan was talking what? about the contest. But I how did you? It. You must have looked at it and said that must be about fifty words. I was or, trying to figure it out. Yeah. So nice. I'm guessing that. more. You you went into the network and you just did some sort of weird algorithm <laughs> through your Neuralink, and um, you're a mentat, obviously. <laughs> You know someone's going to listen to that and count the words I said. And it's not going to be exactly That 50. was 49 words. <laughs> so exactly. both Walling is wrong. Ock is, is wrong. <laughs> but here's my 50-word sentence. <laughs> we would welcome that, by the way. That would be most excellent. <laughs> we could probably talk about that for several more episodes. <laughs> All right. So pivot demo, um, path, uh, uh 20th anniversary party. That's going to be amazing. So in preparation, actually, as a, a, I don't know if you could call it a prelude, but the day before the, the 20th anniversary party, there's going to be a pancake breakfast fundraiser for a local uh, high school mountain bike race team. So on Saturday, October 20th, from 7 to 10 a.m. at the Tustin Shop, there's going to be a $5 a plate pancake breakfast to support the Foothill High School mountain bike team. Uh, the path is the, uh, I think, the title sponsor of that of that race team. Um, d- don't let me forget. I have a I have a topic we can talk about later today about high school race team. Awesome. Mental Let's, note: put a pin in it. Put a pin in it. So I just want to say about this 
fundraiser, this is one of those where like the right thing to do is also the fun thing to do because it's going to be fun. And NICA is awesome. I mean, I've talked about it a little bit on the show before, but I can't believe just the number of quality individuals that NICA brings into the sport and then keeps in the sport. And I mean, dads and coaches and moms and sisters and brothers, and of course, the actual NICA athletes and more and more now junior high athletes. And I just encourage parents and students who are into riding, like check NICA out, check out your local school. There might, if your local school doesn't have a team, there probably is a local composite team you can participate with. Um, there, there's various ways to do it. If you're in the Orange County area, I can probably help put you in touch with someone if your local team doesn't do it to where you could participate. Um, so Nike is like kind of part of the school, but kind of a secondary thing. Yeah, I think they're, yes. So I think it's like a race. I think the way it has to be structured, there's some like insurance and liability right. stuff where the it has to be structured more as a club than a team maybe or something Got like it. that. Okay. But, but it's not it's not like the high school baseball team. It's structured differently. It is, but you can still I think get a scholarship to go to college. Yeah, you can. So it's not like a it's not like a um nothing mean it's not like a nothing deal. It is it it's something it's still something that looks good on your college application. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. I wish there was mountain bike racing when i went to high school <laughs> and <laughs> there was awesome. but it just wasn't a high school team it had nothing to do with <laughs> high school yeah i, I you know I, I don't know if i've shared this before but it reminds me of this kind of like thing i've learned which is and this is a tip to all the other bike shop owners out there or people who hire after school help for this kind of stuff if someone applies to work for you who is both an eagle scout and a mechanical engineering student hire them <laughs> nice. I would say I cannot think of a two a two item list where if if you check these two items it's a hundred percent success rate on employment at the path other than that. Hmm. Was Calvin nice. a Eagle yes. Scout? Wait, how keep ma- going, Ben yes. Was Ben yes? Um, yes, Chris, yes. Oh keep wow. Going. Wait, how Eagle many Eagle Scout mechanical engineering students? Some of them switched to other fields in their college careers, but keep going. McHenry, yes. Keep going. Like, wow. So we're talking like half a dozen. Wow. Uh, at least Nathan, you must have been an Eagle Scout. Oh, wait, I okay. was not an Eagle Scout. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you were a mechanical engineer. Uh, yeah. But And I think you do capture some of the Eagle Scout spirit, Nathan. Oh, why? Well, thank you. <laughs> I was a Cub Scout at one point. Because what those people have is they have follow through. They have commitment to, to something. They're willing to um, take a lot of steps and, and have accountability and... I think if you combine that with like an aptitude for working on stuff and imagining how stuff should work, it's a yeah. good thing for a bike shop. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. So this is my, my contrarian statement of the evening. Excellent. I love those. So to those of you, I, I was never a Cub Scout. I was never an Eagle Scout. But I'm wondering, Eagle Scouts of the past, so Eagle Scouts who are, say, 40 years and older. Do you think it's easier nowadays to become an Eagle Scout than it was back in the day? Good question. So if, if we have any listeners out there who are involved in this culture, do you think it's easier now? Are these young whippersnappers getting away easy? Exactly. Are they just handing them out? Exactly. Anecdotally, just back from, because I was exposed to various people who were Eagle Scouts and who, who were like, man, it was all you could do to get an Eagle Scout before you graduated high school. It was like the Congressional Medal of Honor. Well, and it was. And it was like everything they could do to barely meet the, the requirements before they graduated high school on to college. And so I was like, whoa, like, man. And these were highly committed people. So even if it's easier now, it's still a good indication of something. I agree. I yeah. agree. Based on my I personal experience. Totally and I'll tell you what. I probably would. I am also. I am by nature a contrarian and not a, a not a joiner, and by nature I almost would have been biased against this qualification. Right. Right. So I'm not. A, I, I totally. I I agree with you 100. percent So call this a a parallel concurrent comment that does not contradict in any way what you just right. said. It was more just a. But also too. 
Okay. It's all. It was. It was always harder in the previous generation. <laughs> this generation always has it easy. <laughs> right. There, there are studies that do show that great inflation does exist. I'll tell you, it was harder to Wait, be a mountain on. biker. Hold on, say that again. So, the, what made me think about it? I really was just thinking about. So people's people. lives get easier. Is that what you're saying? Well, no. There's, there's the. So with regards to high school grades, so by way of analogy, mm. so grade there inflation. is grade inflation. I see what you mean now. Because we've always said now, uh, we people say. Well, yeah. it used to be you could only get four. Now you could get five. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> people say now, like twenty five percent. I could never, I could never get into UCLA, or I could never get into UC Irvine um, now. But then you come to realize it's much, it's much easier now to get the the GPAs and what have you that you see the students going into UCLA with, and the studies. Uh, okay, we're getting really far away from bikes. Sorry, but. What do you think of the theory that well, even if that's true overall, there's probably still plenty of ex- like classes that are outside the curve that, ex- that, is very that true. Ex- are exceptions to that? That is very true. So the, the people And I think there's lots of direct what I've seen, I have young kids in school right now, and what I've seen is there's there's a current direction towards like they shouldn't have homework, which is I think a new direction ish. Compared to my older daughters, where it was like we need to prepare them for college by making them do like three hours of homework when they're nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my generation. Mm-hmm. So that's maybe that is an inflation of grades in a way because they're not putting forth as much effort mm. for the grade. Mm-hmm. But I think they're. I think we've gone too far off the track. So with I, the- I just had this whole like <laughs> parent-student-teacher meeting where they described like how like. They're not going to grade kids so much on what they do, but more on what they learn. I heard recently that the U.S. Marine Corps has gone in that direction. It's and functional they, teach. It's functional evaluation well, instead of. I heard somewhere that the Marine Corps made an active decision not to reward people for ability but effort. Oh no! So they, this is a little different than that. This is yeah. don't avoid, reward people for effort. Reward people for um, displaying proficiency. So the displaying for proficiency is is a very positive thing. I think I totally agree with that. Everyone gets a participation award. Like, I mean, just for participating, you get an A. Good effort. <laughs> you get an A. See, I was always the um, F on the homework, A on the test, C in the class guy. So I like this new show proficiency style. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Interesting. So regardless of, like, great inflation, what have you, I think that's not a comment on I'm not – convinced that's a comment on the the number of talented people it's no commentary on the the talent of the talented people you know what i mean so like oh so you're not well i think what you're saying is you're me, you're now checking for proficiency but you're not checking for extraordinariness correct hmm. so so i think like but those, you can those, still you can still um gauge levels of proficiency yeah instead of levels of effort well i, I mean, think yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think I was along those lines. I think what I was kind of getting at is um, those people who were extraordinary, extraordinary enough to um, to excel in the world around them, whether that be at UCLA, UC Irvine, or in in small business apart from college, uh, will still continue to do that. And we'll still have to put forth effort. Correct. It, so that's just, the other part of the coin, right? Like, hey, we would have prepared these people to put forth effort because, correct. But it just looks it just looks like they're performing better than those of us in the past. When in reality, the actual extraordinary extraordinariness. Oh, I just realized you have a horse in the race. <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> or like. Or like by whatever means that um, people are gauged as successful, I don't know. Small business owners might like. Are there metrics that are that are that are skewed now as opposed to in the past? I think. So I don't have a strong opinion on academics, but I do have a strong opinion on the free marketplace of things, and I think. Most people are working harder for less now. Yeah. Hmm. In the in the free marketplace. That's that's my like informal um like survey result. Does it mean that it's less free now? 
I don't I don't think there's a direct correlation between kind of the um the market value of work and the and like the freedom of the state. Just, although romantically I maybe like to think there might be a connection. Mm. I don't think I don't I wouldn't like scientifically say there is. Mm. Like romantically I'm like, yeah, like a <laughs> like in a more <laughs> right. free state you'll have like a higher value for work. Right. Like right. but I'm a little too cynical to just totally uh, buy into that hook line and sinker. Yeah. All right, we were really far off. So this is bike <laughs> talk. Bike talk back. with Man. the boys at the oh path. Oh my gosh, bringing oh. it back. I think that wasn't too political. No, right. but if I this is a reflection was. of what happens at a bike shop, philosophical discussion does does occur on a regular basis. So a lot I will of bro t- philosophy for sure. I will one hundred percent agree that your comment on mechanical engineer Eagle Scouts are a very high likelihood of success, if not a hundred percent, especially at a bike shop. At a bike shop. And especially if their Nike coach recommends them as a solid oh individual. Because all of those people, I, I will say, in fairness, maybe it's a three-item checklist. <laughs> Nike coach recommends All of them. those people, also their Nike coach said, that, like, this is a solid individual who works hard and does what they say they're going to do. So. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Especially when that Nike coach is a solid individual as well. All of them. I mean, because it wasn't always the same one, but Ross, yeah, yeah for yeah. example, Ross was one of the key ones. Yeah. Shout out Ross. Solid guy. Awesome. All right, so um, what what do we go on to next? Did we talk? We talked about the anniversary party. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Pancake breakfast. I think we have one demo day coming up after the anniversary party. Is that? Let's see. We have, <laughs> yeah, pivot demo day, October... 20, oh, dang it. Ah, I blew that, huh? You did. Okay. <laughs> that already. Yeah, the Pivot Demo Day is, is like, you could call it after the, the party. I mean, it's concurrent it's with the party, the party, actually. It's at the party. Okay. Sorry. My bad. How about e-bikes? Nathan has an e-bike. He has a lot to say about it. Oh, my god. Nathan gosh. got an e-bike. Nathan got an e-bike. <laughs> 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 yeah. Hawk just told me I'm funny, so I'm my day is made. <laughs> I can go home now. Mike dropped. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I got I, the the Giant Trance 2019 Giant Trance E plus two. It's blue. It's blue. I love you guys. <laughs> it's the feeling uh, is mutual. My <laughs> Wait, what? What are we looking at? Yeah. Anyways, so okay, moving along. Sorry. Okay. Yes, I got I, I got an <laughs> e bike. It's uh, you got an e bike. You got an e bike. Okay. Sorry. Guys. <laughs> Sorry, we got slightly distracted. Um, so yes, I got an e bike. Um, it's been fun. What I, are those horns called that you do at the soccer match? Oh, the. You, you guys catch that just oh, or whatever. Yeah. That's what I want to be. When I did that noise a minute ago, that's what I wish I could make. <laughs> oh, nice. I haven't um, received so many texts from Nathan about bike riding. Oh, yeah. Well, because it was I, awesome, actually. So I've been like tracking the information and, you know, kind of like measuring how far I go, how long it takes, how much battery I'm burning. And here's the general rule of thumb that I have so far. And I. I rode it over a hundred miles in the first week that I had it very comfortably. Um, I, I got it, I think on a Tuesday night, uh, rode it Wednesday at lunch. This is the first day, first, first day of e-bike land with Nathan. Um, I got it on Tuesday, rode it at lunch. So charged it up, took it out. I think her heart rate was accelerated in the morning when you woke up before you even rode it. (laughs) Could, could be, could be. I did uh, 18 miles and 3,200 feet of climbing. and 32? 32. And, and, and thus descending. And I did that in an hour and four minutes at lunch. And then I popped the battery out, took it back to my desk, charged it back up. And then I did an hour, 28-minute ride after work with 3,400 feet of climbing and about 20 miles so how much de- how much depleted was the battery after the first ride? Um, it had it was like 
80% gone. And after the second ride? About 90% gone. And was that on full thrust on the climbs? I have never used it in anything less than full <laughs> thrust. <laughs> no, no, no. well, I totally respect that. I, I don't understand why. It's Anyone like would. having not full extra strength aspirin. Like, <laughs> I don't take Advil and those things, but I still don't understand anything other than extra strength. Right. Yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't know how to dial back the. It's got five setting modes, and I turn it on. It goes to the minimum, so and I was like, click, 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 click. On that setting mode, do you think you could get to, like, the Santiago Peak from your house or from, like, I, Cook's Corner? I don't know yet. I have a friend with an e-bike that said he can do... Four corners, for sure? Yeah. So, like, all of Harding, no problem. Possibly. I still have yet to do this experiment. Because I get a lot of these questions. Yeah. I So, here, my rule of thumb is... Um, it seems to respond more, and the physics line up with climbing, right? Track your climbing numbers, not your distance numbers, because climbing has more of a, you know, mechanical engineer here, potential energy. It takes energy to raise the work. weight. It work, right? So that probably corresponds more to battery consumption. Is I can mm. get about thirty five hundred feet of climbing out of a pack. Now, granted, if I'm riding 50 miles of flat to get there, it's not going to work. But typically, I'm riding up, I'm riding down, I'm riding up, I'm riding down. Um, that's what I want. So to in do typical with it. mountain bike terrain, you're getting a. That's what you're going to get probably. Track your track your climbing about thirty five hundred feet. You know, there's what you. So if you weigh fifty pounds more than Nathan, you may get different results. Right. If you pedal harder or less hard than Nathan, you may get different results. Correct. Um, I think the weight is going to be more of a driver, and the pedaling hard because of the way the motor responds is going to be less of an issue. Um, in other words, the motor is providing. It's enough, just kind of doing what it's work. doing. Well, it's going to provide enough work that it's going to make your effort a small part of the equation. That's what I feel like's going on. Yeah, it's mm. it's uh, like when I climb a really steep hill, I just kind of settle back and spin my legs, and it, it feels like it's doing most of the work. There, well, there's that where like d- Pedaling harder might save some battery life, but it sure doesn't seem like it gets you going much faster up the hill. No, because I think it's some. Do, yeah. It has to save you some battery life, though. It must. I mean, I'd have to experiment with that a little bit more. Um, but I'm also and and also just to, in Orange County, we've talked about this. The OC parks have said no e-bikes, and that's not where I'm playing. And I'm, they're ticketing people. And watch out. Yeah, and that's not where I'm playing. Well, you could say. I wonder if it has to do with the watts of input into the pedals. Yeah, I think it's a watt balance thing. I mean, this is it's a power equation, well, right? The, right. The, so you the assist in, doesn't have to do with watts of into the pedals. Right, but if So the way the here's how I feel what's going on is once it determines you're pedaling past a certain certain threshold which is relatively low, it says I'll help as much and, as it can. Yeah, and it just it's an on or off. Basically, it's a level one, two, three, four, five help level, and it says you're pedaling on. You're not pedaling off. Mm. You're pedaling on, and so it's not like throttling and be like you're pedaling a lot. I'm going to help a little. You're pedaling a little. I'm going to help. A l-. It's not doing that. It's mm. like you're pedaling power on, and that power on is not enough to move the bike on its. You're never actually. Well, I guess it could. You don't really know if that's enough to move it on its own because it's not a throttle. It's like right. it's going to pedal when you pedal. And so it kind of seamlessly, like, um, I'm probably not explaining this super well. Let me know if this makes sense to you guys. But it's like it feels like it's helping, quote, unquote. But essentially you're turning on the motor. The, the assist is on or off. You can pick how the much assist it's helping feels you, on or off. But it's not like trying to, like, it's, there's not grades, gradients right. of assist as far as you can tell. Um, one of the th- or just side note, one of the things I really, really like about this new one versus the old one that I tested like a year ago is that there's like a second and a half delay when you stop pedaling to where the motor stops working, which this one is so much easier to technical climb because when you have to do a pedal, quick pedal jostle or like going. miss a rock, I can climb technical stuff way better on this because it has like a little delay when it kicks off. Mm. Is there so a it doesn't sign assist? off. There is. I haven't quite figured out exactly how that works. It seems to only work for like five seconds, but trust me, I've climbed a bunch of stuff that I've like gone past its pay grade and had to push that thing up the hill, and I'm like, oh, God. I mean, it's brutal. But yeah, if it gets too loose, 
it'll spin out. It's weird to do like three or four pedal strokes of like a roost spin out. (laughs) (laughs) The Rocky Mountain e-bike, which we didn't order yet, we're thinking about it, has this really interesting feature where there's like a idler pulley on like a tension arm that, and I might have this wrong. This is my understanding of the technology that I think is inside a box that I haven't actually seen. But there's like an idler, idler pulley on a tension arm that is gauging the actual chain torque, chain torque, mm. and that the assist is relative to the actual chain torque. So it's different right. from what you just described. And it's supposed to be pretty yeah. cool. I didn't order any yet because I'm I want to see it and feel it before I order them, and because um, they want us to fly employees out somewhere to like get training on it. And I'm like, uh, I don't even know if I want to order them yet. So mm-hmm. yeah. It's, I've really liked it, and I talked to a friend of mine who, who, he rides road bike, and I was just having an interesting kind of philosophical discussion about the e-bike, and he's basically like, yeah, it's a different sport. I was like, it is. This isn't mountain biking. I mean, it is and it isn't, right? Like, but the, here's the reality of it, and this is basically where I'm like, this is really fun, and I think I've talked about this as well in the show, is like, if I'm sit, if I get home after work and I'm just kind of like, Ugh, I'm tired. I just want to watch TV and have a snack. I should go riding. I don't really want to go riding. If that situation, someone knocked on my door and said, "Hey, bro, you want a free shuttle?" Hmm. I'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, I want to go shuttle. Let's go me bike. I'll, I'll go. I'll I go." I think you might have just framed my whole view of riding. <laughs> not, not quite. I exaggerate. Right. I love to pedal uphill. But <laughs> if you go to Snow Summit, it's a, it's a thousand vertical feet per run. That's three. You know. A thousand vertical feet per run, yeah. and a pretty good pace of turning laps is three laps in an hour. I can do that with this thing anytime, yeah. anywhere. It's That's, definitely like quick and easy compared to like lining up for a lift and sitting on the lift. And right, it would be. I would be actually really curious to hear or to see like how long does it take you to pedal up Summit versus how long does it take you to stand in line at the. I mean, you it, can't find out because it's illegal. Right, right, exactly. But it'd be an interesting thing. It'd be like, hey, you knock out three laps, I'll knock out three I laps. I think if you First had extra win. batteries, you would win. But if you didn't, you might I could not. Do th- I could do three laps on a battery for sure. I can't do more than three laps right. on a battery. So three might be your number, right? Man, but you might be able to knock out nine laps before lunch. If I had the battery to if do If you had it. like three batteries, you could Three batteries, out. yeah. And right now, the... The retail price on the battery is around $800. It's cost mm. prohibitive for me to get a spare battery. Right. But I was immediately considering packing a spare battery. Yeah, I mean. Um, and, and here's another thing, too, about the e-bike is uh, I rode before work, went mountain biking before work, and was very comfortable to do a 3,000-foot mountain bike ride with a backpack with all my clothes, shower stuff, like I was carrying a lot of extra weight mm. to because I was gonna yeah. s- go mm. straight to work. Like I was gonna mountain bike on my way to work. Yeah, and so I had like shower stuff, towel, shoes, change of clothes, everything ready in your yeah. pack. But that weight didn't bother me because I'm not lugging it around. Oh like, my god, the bike's doing the work for me. It didn't really bother me, and uh, I thought that was really cool. Um, I really enjoy it. It's it's super fun. Um, the downhilling is is a little bit um, there is an augmented style and there is those split second things and it's do you turn the power off? No, I don't because you're not pedaling; it's not working. Mm, right. So I don't really have to. Um, but here's the thing on the downhill: is to anybody who's ridden a dirt bike down a technical hill, you realize this thing's going and you need to just steer it. You're not stopping it. Whereas on a mountain bike, a lot of the times you can stop it. Mm. The e-bike has, I would say, 10% of that feeling towards the dirt bike where you're like, it's going, I need to steer it. Like, it's not stopping, and it's not stopping as quick as I kind of thought it was going to. Mm. So time to make the turn and hope for the best. And I was riding some pretty steep technical trails on it, and uh, the weight is noticeable. Um, On the Giant, the chainstay length is noticeable. So you think the weight is why it's harder to slow down? Yeah, I think it's 30 more pounds driving you down the hill. How much does that weigh? 30 more like Or yeah, I mean, it thinks 50, 50 between 50 and 60 pounds. Wow. 
you know, if your bike's 25 to 30 pounds normally, yeah, this is a trail bike equivalent travel. Hmm. That thing's between 50 and 60. I didn't realize it was I think it's like heavy. 53 pounds. Wow. So that's it's 10 pounds heavier than the old school mount, uh, downhill bikes. Yes. It's like as heavy as a, like an old school Brooklyn machine works. Yeah. Oh my God. With a monster T on it. Yeah. But this one's got a 150 Fox 36. Um, it's got 8-inch. It's got those new uh, Shimano Dior brakes, like the low-end ones, but they're four-piston with 8-inch rotors front and back. Solid. Um, yeah, yeah, they work fine. I wonder if they're kind of going to come out with 9-inch rotors. Uh, they are. Uh, I was talking to Ian at the path, and uh, they're going to do 220-millimeter rotors. Whoa. Those do somewhat exist somewhere in some capacity. Uh, braking power is fine though. It's mm. this one's not a plus size like a lot of the e bikes. This has got the two point six tires, similar to a Pivot Mach five point five. Some people call that plus. Yeah, kind of mid fat something, but it's it's got a standard twenty seven five fork, and it doesn't seem to have clearance for like two eights. The fellows um, at Santa Cruz call two six plus. Okay, well yeah, call it plus, but it's it does not have the twenty nine twenty seven five plus the fork. They're not all fellows, right? And the but the folks at Scott call it just twenty seven and a half, right? But this, so I wanted to put a twenty nine inch front wheel on this. I can't. It's not that fork. Mm-hmm. It has this. It has the plain twenty seven five fork. I found out recently that the Pivot shuttle you can put a twenty nine front and rear on it out of the box. Oh, interesting. I need to check the clearance if I can slap a twenty nine. And that thing on the has like just over, like I think seventeen and a quarter inch chainstays. With an e-bike? Whoa, that's pretty good. Wow. Like, le- pretty legit. It's a... Uh, Does it weigh 53 uh, pounds? Yeah. No, I think it's about 45. Oh, dang, no? It's carbon. Oh. It's a full carbon bike with a high-end build. I have the base model giant. So 45, in my mind, that's 15 pounds heavier than my trail bikes. Yeah. Yeah, and 45, that's starting to approach, like, stab with a... <laughs> cone, cone stab. Um, <laughs> let's see. My... Yeah, I think my, I think my Iron Horse Sunday was like, in its, I got it down to thirty nine for some races, but like in its like, full full Glory. burly setup, I think it was forty one. Yeah, but this is, I mean, for all argument, this is a trail bike travel. Would you consider putting a like a coil on that? Like, uh. You know, here's the thing is, I don't intend to race this bike. I'm not trying to eke out performance. I've actually kind of made a conscious decision not to really change anything on it. I don't really want to change a bunch of stuff on it. I just I just want to ride the hell out of it. Have you like, taken all is. the volume reducers and added a bunch of air to the fork yet? I haven't even really checked much of it. So you haven't Whoa. even done like the normal stuff you do? Not really. I'm just riding the thing. That's cool. Um I, I probably will tinker with it a little bit more. This goes to like my theory that if you can do something and just do it without, like if you're an, like all of us on this show, and I think a lot of our, our listeners are like analyzers. Right. And if you can do something that like gets you out of that space for a minute and have some fun. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> this, this thing, it's such a different experience, meaning like the E factor of the bike is changing the experience by such a huge margin. I don't even know how to t- like nuance the rest of it. Like there's, it's so freaking different. Like it's really, really different. And, uh, but uh, it's, it's a little different than how I would exp- describe like my, I mean, it's on the climbs. For sure, I agree. But on the descents, I often found myself like marveling at how not that different it was. It's not. I, I guess I that part's not different. I mean, the whole. I have an hour to go ride. The experience that happens in that hour is so uh, different. Like so, maybe like, the activity is now like very if different. Less invested in the climb. There's less need to invest in like maximizing every detail of the descent as well. I think that's part of it too, and I'm still like adjusting to how different the experience is because like I flow rider. It's and and I've only I made it a point too. I'm like I don't ride this with other people, and I every here's the funny thing is I I went riding in some areas that I don't normally ride in. Um. 
So I use my burner phone, which I, oh, I have some comments about my burner phone, but I brought my burner phone for navigation because I didn't totally know my way around these areas. I did want to track the information because I do want to log my miles on this thing and kind of, I wanted to get a feel for the statistics. Mm-hmm. Um, I was riding by myself, so I wanted to like listen to stuff. Um, I obviously need to have my phone and I was riding into the dark and I had a light. So I added it up. I had things to be charged prior to ride. <laughs> Bluetooth <laughs> headphones, <laughs> cell phone, <laughs> burner navigation phone, Battery. GPS, bike, and light. Six items had to be charged oh my gosh. prior to riding you this You were device. really getting away from it. Yeah. <laughs> and But basically, I went riding, barely had to do the climbs. I had the burner phone for navigation. Didn't really need it. I had the... I actually feel like I feel naked riding this without a GPS because tracking the elevation really tells me judging like, can you go further? Because I don't, I'm not getting tired. Mm. I can keep going, but I don't want to get stranded and pedal this bike back. So I really want to be tracking my climbing and my distance, especially now because I'm, I haven't gotten a feel for it. Um, and then I'm riding by myself. So I want something to listen to. It's, it's a very different experience as a what to do with an hour of my time after work and just a different experience trying to decide which girlfriend gets the burner phone number two right (laughs) 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 Right. (laughs) they're wi-fi only i remember when i found out that a member of one of my children had two phones and i was so disappointed (laughs) and of course this is very different yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah, I I don't know. What what are you guys curious about? Because you guys are are don't have e bikes. Like I I have ridden one enough. I feel like to sort of like no, right? Like I have I've taken e bike demos home and had them for like a few weeks. Right. And your experience of it of like riding places you wouldn't normally ride was definitely part of my experience. Right. I mean, I've lived in mountain biked in this area for over twenty years now, and I climbed a nasty road that sometimes jeeps access and i've never climbed before that's two miles from my house i climbed up cattle that one's legal right yeah 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 it's totally legal i mean jeeps go up it all the time motorcycles go up it all the time but it's it's super steep it's pretty long it's really loose and i would have never gone up it on a e-bike all right, without and an e-bike. Val and Brian might have never met without Cadillac. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh, so in an hour, what level of workout do you feel like you got? Like a brisk walk slash light jog. That's totally how I feel about it. It's an intensity never spikes. Well, no, they, but it slash the anaerobic of downhilling, right? Like there's a yeah. little bit of anaerobic downhilling sprinkled in if you're if you're if you're if drilling. you find if you find trails that inspire you. To, I mean, I think Nathan and Ock and I and most of our listeners yeah. are the same in that. We're if gonna... you find a trail that that you could try to charge it on the downhill, you're going to try to t- ride it where you would tire yourself out on the downhill. Right. I bet my heart rate hit the highest on the downhills, for sure. Um, I didn't track the heart rate. I did want to do that. I kept forgetting to do that. I wanted to take my heart rate strap and track my average heart rate over this 3,000-foot hour. Well, you could, if you had a Garmin, you could see it by segment. I, I do that's what I, I do have yeah. a Garmin and I'm tracking it and oh, awesome. uh, uh, I keep forgetting my my heart rate strap. Mm. But uh, here's the funny thing is uh, when I do do these rides and they pop up on Strava, I, obviously they're all private. But it's like PR 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 PR. It's just like destroying. You know, there's an e- I think there's an e-bike Strava. Oh, interesting. I think you can do like this is my e-bike and then see compared to other e-bikes. I was looking I didn't see that feature because I want to pull might those have to away sign up for premium. Yeah. But thinking of biking apps, have we talked before on the show about like Trail Forks or MTB yeah. Project? So Trail Forks is the navigation that I use on my burner phone. Okay. And MTB Project is similar. Which Sim- yeah. One of those two is with Pinkbike. Trail Forks is Pinkbike, MTB Project is REI. So one of the things I hadn't understood until sort of recently about Trail Forks, I think it's Trail Forks, and I think probably MTB Project too. You can even if you don't have cell phone reception, I think that you is can, the principle of my burner phone. You can go to nearby you can click on nearby trails and it will show you all the trails around you. 
and you can navigate them. So trail, that's the whole principle of why I use the burner phone is because trail forks downloads all the, the whole right. map, the whole state. This might just me be, this might just be me like 50 episodes later being like <laughs> rehashing what you already said. Yeah. Did you know? Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's the principle of the burner phone. And oh, so here's the correct, but you have to tell it, download this area. State by to, state. You have state to hit state. nearby trails when you're in the air. Well, to no, do no, the feature you just, I'm talking the, about, what I didn't realize was even if you are not a planner and you didn't already figure this shit out before you got to the destination, you could be like in Squamish, out of cell phone reception, and just click nearby trails and the trails around you pop up. As long as you downloaded the area of the region prior to being there. maybe yes. i did and i didn't realize I you probably didn't didn't realize it but yeah like you have to down in in the u.s it's state by state like california arizona colorado you and it's it's quick it's there's not a ton of data in there it's it's pretty lightweight files it's pretty amazing and then so your gps still works so here's here's my burner phone update is uh the little Android phone that I was working seems to be kind of glitchy with the gps it's kind of unreliable but the battery life is pretty good that's china yeah, and so now I, I'm experimenting with my old iPhone 5, which is a nice size mm. and which GPS tracks way better. The battery life doesn't seem to be as good, but if anybody wants to make a burner navigator phone, you can get iPhone 5s on eBay all day long for 50 bucks. And so you get one, get a case, glue the Garmin connector on the back or mount it to your bar or whatever, so you can have the nice Apple functionality and nice smooth touchscreen and uh, just use it for trail forks. Whoa. So that, that would be my new recommendation, although I'm having a little issue with the battery life. Um, I don't know if it's my phone, like that, my old phone, the battery's kind of chewed. $29, you get a new, new battery. Yeah. <laughs> and you can also get one of those like cases that's a battery The battery booster. pack cases, yeah. But the, it tracks the GPS signal way better and zooms in and out way smooth. It's that typical Apple touchscreen, right? But um, now the five, the five S's or five iPhone five and five S's, you can get them for like 60, 50, 60 bucks, which is yeah. way cheaper than a Garmin. And you seriously, you should look into the $29 Apple battery. I think the yeah. SEC is going to look into you for trying to manipulate iPhone five pricing. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, that's my burner phone update. The, the, Android one I have just seems a little fussy about hanging on to the garment, the GPS signal. Like it does and it doesn't, and it drops it, and it, I got to pick it back up, and it works. The iPhone seems to work a little better, minus the battery issue. Hmm. Awesome. Okay, so there was a little dead space, and all of a sudden, a word jumped into my head, and we hadn't talked about it before or anything, but here right. it is: tariffs. Oh, yeah. We should, oh, yeah. This is super relative to the bike industry. Everyone in the bike industry is talking about this. Um, most bike-related stuff from China, which is most bike-related stuff, got hit with a 10% tariff, and it's going to go to 25% on January 1st, from what I can understand. And um, a lot of the industry is in kind of a tizzy about it, rightfully so, I think. Um, a lot of us are wondering, like, so if... If $2,700 bikes have to be $3,200, are people still going to buy them? Mm. And, like, where does that put us compared to other? Yeah, it's really interesting. And then there's – so I was talking to a friend of mine from Light and Motion today who was telling me that the terrorists have forced them to move all of their production overseas. What? That's ironic, right? I, that's, uh, I read that article that, light, yeah, Light Motion moved to Vietnam or something. Right. Mm. Like the tariffs made it so they couldn't do their U.S. production anymore. Hmm. Interesting. Because they can't import the raw materials. Because the raw materials cost put them over the top on an already difficult equation, right? Like it's already U.S. production's hard. I don't know. I don't know all the ins and outs, but that's that was their that was their takeaway was they're moving their production overseas to try to like survive the tariffs. Um and then I know that lots of brands are planning like 5 to 20% price increases over the next 6 months and everyone's worried about can we still sell bikes with those prices. Mhm. Wow. 
Uh, I'm a little ignorant about the political and economic implications of this, so I'm going to... Yeah, I think the political and economic implications are overall over my pay grade for sure. But not but but that doesn't mean we don't like see what's happening in our worlds. Right. I wonder is the effect going to be so pervasive that any one given industry is not going to see might it just be inflation? Right. I mean, that, is that what yeah. you're saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean... Even if all it causes is... is a, like, if we had... A, if what we're talking about is a 20% year-over-year inflation, I think most econ- economists would say that sounds really scary. That does sound really scary. But, I mean, is that kind of essentially what we're talking about? I don't know. I mean, could it be that... Like I said... <laughs> overall, like, everything... Beer that we're drinking. I don't think I. I think there are products that will not be impacted. Mm. Um, I mean, the beer that we're drinking is in a can that probably has material imported from China. So let let's say that's a just for the sake of argument. Say it's a ten cent can, and now it becomes a twelve cent can. So then, I don't think I think the rest of the beer is immune, and that's mm-hmm. not a huge deal, right? Um, a lot of it's transport distribution marketing built into the cost plus <clears throat> and production of the actual beer, which is not terrible. Yeah. So right. then you're right. So then like where the bikes, you're importing the entire bike. And even if you're not, you're importing the materials. Like the, from what I understand, one of the glaring problems is that like the U S there aren't people trying to like meet the materials mm-hmm. production in the U S even with the tariffs. Right. Like they're still not like, Oh, there now we have a good business proposition. They're still just like, no. Right. What's, what's the Taiwan China difference? Because it's my understanding that most bike components like Shimano, for example, is Japan and Malaysia. Um, most of SRAM stuff is made in Taiwan. Right. So from what I understand, Taiwan is not being considered part of China for the tariffs, even though Maybe China. Yeah, I, a really a, an interesting question to me is: Would China want Taiwan to be considered China, part of China for the tariffs? Like, I don't know. Yeah, because <laughs> I know China wants Taiwan to. I know as a major diplomatic sticking point, Taiwan. China wants Taiwan to. China wants all everyone else to tr- treat Taiwan as part of China most of the time, right? Hmm. Right. Man, this show is maybe our least. Like really. <laughs> we might have. <laughs> so okay, get, give us what can the consumer expect very directly in the near future? Like, give us a give so us a one or two examples. I think even the most, from what I've seen from like internal memos and everything, even the people who know don't know. Mm. Right. There's a lot of uncertainty, and there's a lot of category. So I think, for example, I think that um, I think like if you're Right now, if you're importing like front and rear triangles from China, you're exempt. But but the people who are getting away with that are like, we don't know. We don't know if they just haven't. It's like within the law now. It's not illegal, but we don't know if it's mm-hmm. just not added to the list yet or not. So meaning like, don't like, be listening, federal government. Uh, <laughs> or if, it might be if you guys start taxing my vendors because I said this, I'm going to be uh, really mad. <laughs> so I. I <laughs> I read an 18,493-word article today. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) That was believable. You guys know what a Mentat is, right? It's from the it's from the Dune series, and it's like oh, a, yeah. um, it's a it's a it's an organic organism that's kind of trained their mind to function as a computer. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I could be that. So, anyways, this article is talking about how importers are getting around the tariffs. There's this database of something like eighteen thousand, literally eighteen thousand five hundred codes that. It's standardized from around the world of imports, and if you can get your importer to recode it, basically to recode it, isn't that crazy? So then, right, so like a derailleur is now a back scratcher. Yeah, <laughs> or 
or like the, the examples they were using is uh, like plywood. So hard-faced plywood, so hardwood-faced plywood is tariffed, like 25%. Right. But softwood-faced plywood is not. And so oh. the statistics show something like, oh, you know, you saw like a a, a 50% decline in hard-faced, hardwood-faced plywood and something like a thousand percent increase in, in soft, yeah. So and same. So where and it's like they finally started checking the hardness of the wood, and they're like, "Oh, turns out it was soft." Exactly. <laughs> so the other one that was interesting was sheet metal. Certain types of sheet metal is right, but then how do you define sheet metal versus bar stock versus isn't that extrusions? In, isn't versus, that interesting? Yeah. So, yeah. So interesting. I wonder if front and rear tri- front. And rear triangles are bicycle service components. I don't know versus right? complete frames, and it's like all of a sudden, just ship me the triangles and the linkage, and well, I'll I don't know it if together. it's even that or even just frames versus complete bikes. To yeah. be sure, right? Like, I'm oh, really yeah. not super dialed in on this, right? So but like, I do, I do know that some people feel like they've been getting away with it, but don't know if they're going to continue, and not like getting away with it, like doing something illegal, like operating within the current law, but but the law is changing so fast, no one knows. Yeah. And then there's other be. people who are like, you know what, like, this administration takes a lot of stances, and like, who knows which ones are going to yeah. stay. Like, well, and here's, right. a, here's an example. And that, even he might say this is just a negotiating posture yeah. in a year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and here's an example when it comes to regulatory things as to how things are considered or how the rules are read. I used to work in the automotive industry, and I worked at an accessory manufacturer, and we made an accessory that was used in various forms. It was it was a general design of an accessory that was reconfigured for each make and model. And we supplied to pretty much every major car manufacturer. And there was a lighting requirement that was going to change, that this product could interfere with lighting. And so I was like, I read it, and I was like, well, you could read it this way or you could read it this way. And I basically had those conversations with three or four of our major manufacturers Half of them saw it one way, mm. half of them saw it yeah. the other way. Yeah. And this was, and this is like Toyota versus Honda right. versus Ford. Le- it's what their lawyers decide and what they think right. they can defend. But yeah. I think all that aside, I think everyone who is trying to think about this agrees, unless there's a major change of direction in the policy, we're looking at an increase of five to twenty-five percent of the cost mm, of riding yeah. bikes. Now, is that so over the next year? Crude question: Does that go? Does that increase just gets passed through or marked up with each stage? So, um, and that part of that is where the five to twenty-five range comes in. Um, what I hear from most people is that we're averaging the stuff that isn't being hit with the tariff along with into the stuff that is and then taking a little bit of a hit and then asking our retailers to take a little bit of a hit. Got it. So everybody's, we're all going to spread the pain. It goes back to everyone works harder for less. Got it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Interesting. Well, but like, for example, Max's tires are molded in Taiwan, right? Like tire molding is complicated. It's done in Taiwan. Right. I think too, though, it wouldn't, do we know that Taiwan's going to remain exempt? Right. I mean, there is, There is this, I can't see it not come, I mean, not to go in and further and further into like speculative, like talk about things we don't know about, but like, I can't see this not becoming a question of is Taiwan part of China? Right. Because it's already in dispute. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Totally understandable. Well, I hope, uh, I hope my bikes don't get a whole lot more expensive. I think that's what everybody's hoping. Yeah. You know what? I agree with that sentiment. And I also think, though, that overall we're getting a lot for our dollar right now. And bikes are lasting longer than ever. Yeah. And so if if it used to be that you had to spend, say, 1500 bucks to 2000 bucks to get an okay bike and then you had to customize it because no bikes came with all the stuff you wanted and then it lasted a year or two. Compared to now, I think it might be getting more and more expensive, but I know lots of serious riders who have been riding the same bike day in and day out for four or five, six years, and they're not braking. Right. Yeah. And if you're going to do that, you're going to amortize it out. And this goes to, like we were talking before the show about various lenses about what a good bike purchase is, and one of the lenses that was put forth was like, is... um 
is it a good like one good idea of what a good bike purchase is is a bike that you could flip for not a lot less than what you bought it for and oh. nathan put that out and i agree that is that, a good that, that is a good measure of what a good particularly like, on the used market yeah my yeah my a coworker of mine was asking hey what's a good price in the used market it's like the bike that you can essentially turn around in a month and resell for the same price that you bought it for meaning you didn't overpay oh, right. for the market. So that was in reference to the used market, but I think it's also a useful way to look at the new market. Right. Like if I did hate this, how much would I eat it if I had to sell it in six months? Right. Um, but I think another way to look at it is could I ride this bike for three years and be happy? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, Gorilla Gravity makes bikes in Denver. They make rad bikes. I've mm-hmm. been wanting to try one. Mm-hmm. We don't sell them, but you could get one. We, <laughs> we would fix it for you if you needed help with it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, there, I fit think you want it if you want. I think they're probably the only one that's. I actually, I think they were getting hit on the aluminum tariff anyway. If I read the article correctly, but depends yeah. on how they coated the aluminum tubing. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> so is it sheet metal tubing? Exactly. Extrusions <laughs> billet. This goes to our. Our um, shop tagline and closing signature. Love the bike you ride. <laughs> that's no. not the end of the podcast. Okay. I'll say it again when we end yeah. the podcast. <laughs> I well, don't think it is. Yeah, I, I was going to say, just because of my technical incompetence, we have about eight more minutes. we got to wrap this up. <laughs> so maybe it was closer to love wrap the bike you Yeah, it might, might, be, might be a little bit closer. Uh, yeah, I was going to talk about uh, high school bike theory but that that's we can say that high school bike theory well it was here i'll i'll just leave you with a teaser at least tease it the the teaser is i i had a discussion with some friends about a theoretical standardized bike that would be very easy to maintain and create a standard for racing for the high school kids oh like a nascar of mountain bike stock car yeah i'm thinking like here's the general teaser is like Parts that are cross-compatible, maybe one or two approved tires, one approved pedal standard. It has to weigh between 29 and 31 pounds. No, no. It, it's like someone gets it's the contract for that. Nike. It's going to be like an aluminum 29er with a standardized fork with mechanical disc brakes and a 1x11 drivetrain and a standard... Like, you can get different right. stems, but a standardized brand, standardized tire... Um, Oh, what was I going to say? Oh, it, this this is even controversial. Maybe even no tubeless or a standardized sealant brand. Basically, what I'm seeing is there could be a You're going to level the playing field. Basic, and also yeah. an easy kit that a team can take on to have replacement parts for all the bikes. Right. And then also a fleet that you can turn back in, and then that can be someone else's bike. So maybe there's three standard sizes. Oh, my gosh. I just remembered the smell of like my high school wrestling singlet and headgear <laughs> that I got issued that someone else had right. before me. So this was the have idea. Have you ever ridden your bike in a wrestling singlet? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it. I know you have. I have. <laughs> We're just going to yeah. burn. I see you keep looking at the recorder. We're going to burn up whatever minutes you've got, and then we're going to go dead. Okay. Just that kidding. We'll good. see. We'll see. We'll see. So um, that was, and even to the extreme point of because suspension forks are hard to service, what if these bikes, again, standardized, they all just run rigid forks and 2.6 tires? I think that's the right way to do it and for, for the thing you're describing. Right. Mechanical. Rigid forks. Rigid fork, oh, yeah. 2.6 tires, a standardized tire. Um, standardized pedal standards. At this point, the equipment is part of the playing field. It's regulation equipment. It's regulate, and you can size it. You can pick one of the three sizes. You can change the stem. You can all come with 800 millimeter flat bars cut to fit. My vote is um, set the parameters and let anyone who wants to make the equipment. So it has to weigh this. It has to have this. It has to have that. It has has to fit all these spec points and and these weight points and all these things. Right. Can't have suspension. And there's just all these rules that are aimed. And then we can game it. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and well, it has to weigh thirty pounds, but that doesn't mean all of it has to be rotating weight. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and right. Here's here's kind of the other commentary I would have is that. if there was an amateur race series that had a standardized bike, and I, I estimate that this bike would cost, especially if you could make a bunch of them, would be about seven hundred dollars. 
Sounds about right. Um, and maybe say a season rental fee would be maybe one hundred and fifty dollars. Maybe for... an internally geared hub. I was thinking just a one by eleven drivetrain. Even because like I would say like a GX would, one by eleven. I would throw out there that um, hanger alignment is like a way of rewarding technology. Oh, interesting. Okay. Possibly. I, th- this is all, mm. these are all fair points, but I think the idea of having a standardized, I, I, as an amateur racer, if there was a standardized race series would be very inclined to, to do it. Like you show up and they issue you the bike to ride or to your point, like giant and specialized and Trek all make series approved bikes at that are 700 bucks. You can go right. to any dealer. It and be would like, be sweet if the race promoter just had the bikes. And you had to ride one of their <laughs> <bikes>. yeah. <laughs> True. True. But you know, they kind of like Trek kind of did this at the CrossFit games. They did a quote unquote cycle cross bike and they had just a standard mountain bike that everybody rode and they all rode on the Different exact sizes. same bike. Yeah. I mean, you got a size, yeah. like it was small, medium or large. Right. Yeah. And then you just jump on the bike and race. Oh and, my gosh. That'd be awesome. So I, I thought it would be really cool and it would, I, I've heard anecdotal stories about kids that can barely afford a Walmart bike yeah. and then kids showing up with an S-Works epic. Yeah, for sure. Carbon, 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 carbon. And, you know, they're rolling around with $12,000 in gear and that uh, bums me out. It doesn't, doesn't seem like the spirit of uh, high school mountain bike racing. So I thought there could be a way to have a nice standardized bike. Well, it's the spirit of America. NASCAR. (laughs) Just kidding. These are competing spirits of of America that both have merit, I guess. Right. (laughs) On that note, I'm sure we're really close to getting cut off on Nathan's. Yeah, probably. I'm not. Non bike related topics. Yeah. Non bike related. The non bike. And the Path podcast was ended because of too many non bike related (laughs) topics. um, Self regulatedly. And on that note, love the bike ride. Right.